I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? That's how Jesus is greeted by the religious leaders at the start of today's gospel. Basically, who do you think you are? Or what gives you the right? This past week, those questions have been foremost in our minds and on our lips. What gives someone the right to protest? Who has the authority to legitimize or to stop a protest? Who has the authority to command emergency aid for Puerto Rico? What gives someone the right to complain about the president or the country? What gives you the right to take a knee? Who do you think you are? Questions of authority underlie so much of our lives. Some of us boldly claim authority for ourselves. Don't tread on me. Others of us long for an authority to tell us what to do. So I guess it's no surprise that the religious leaders question Jesus about this, though it's ironic that the one guy in all of history who actually has true authority has to answer this question. But why are they questioning Jesus' authority at this particular moment? What are these things Jesus is doing that so upset the chief priests and the elders? Well, just before this, Jesus entered Jerusalem on the back of an ass, lauded by a rag-tag bunch of fools waving palms and yelling. Then he rolled up into the temple, started flipping tables, yelling at legitimate business people with legal permits to change money and sell doves to supply temple worshipers their needs. Not only did Jesus accuse and harass law-abiding citizens, he then encouraged the most embarrassing folks, those with no authority, those whom polite people would rather ignore, the blind and the lame, to come right on into the temple where he cured them. And as if that weren't disruptive enough, then the children showed up. Loud, misbehaving, grubby kids entered right into the temple yelling, Hosanna for Jesus. No wonder the religious leaders wanted some answers. Who, what gives you the right, they ask. I can't blame them. Their job is to lead and guide and protect their people. They know that they are all in a precarious position with the Roman government. They don't want trouble. But if there is going to be trouble, they want to make sure that this Jesus guy is legit. And believe me, if someone showed up at the doors of our church, threw our offering plates with a clatter to the ground and invited in a bunch of wild people we'd never seen before, making a ruckus, distracting you all from beautiful music and prayers and the Eucharist, 
I'd ask a much less polite question then. By what authority are you doing these things? But Jesus isn't interested in this question about authority. Doesn't feel the need to prove himself or to get into a contest of wills with these guys. Instead, he flips the script, asking them a question about authority, which they duck, by the way, and then he offers a parable and a question about belief. Now, a side note. This parable about the two sons, the one who says he'll work in his father's vineyard but doesn't, and then the one who says that he, will, he, he won't but does, this isn't about action being greater than words. It's about belief. Jesus isn't interested in a debate about who has the power, who has the authority, who can force them or you or me into doing or not doing something. Rather, Jesus is interested in an invitation. Will you join me in the vineyard? Will you believe in me? Will you follow me? This invitation is for everyone. Everyone. And the ones who believe do the will of God, even if they are tax collectors and prostitutes. Jesus accuses the religious authorities saying, You saw these outsiders, these tax collectors, these prostitutes, you saw them believe, you saw their lives change, and yet you still did not believe. That's what matters. Not finding the one with the most authority and power. What matters is following the one who is from God. What matters is having a relationship with the one who has emptied himself out for us giving up his equality with God, giving up his authority, taking the form of a slave, willingly humbling himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's the one at whose name every knee should bow. That one, Jesus, isn't going to prove himself to the authorities. He's not going to get into a wrestling match about who has the right. He's not going to argue with us. He's not going to try to convince us. Instead, he's saying, come to me. This is how much I love you. Believe in, trust in me. I will give all for love of you. Paul invites us into this kind of authority too, not the one that twists arms or it it points to its own power, but the kind that is humble, that kneels before one another, regarding others in our community as more important than ourselves, that serves others rather than lording power over others. That is true power. That's true strength. That's how Jesus is. That's how we, the body of Christ, are to be.
in a world where people puff themselves up to prove who is in charge, in a week when we've heard nothing but who has the power and who doesn't have the right, in a country where so many command that we must stand for the flag but never bow to the weak who need our help, where the highest good is too often the individual who warns, don't tread on me, well, we, we turn to the only one who has true authority over us. But it is the authority of self-sacrifice. It is the power of the one who reigns from a cross. The one who gave up all his rights in order to be obedient to his creator, even to the point of death who claims only this power over us, the power of love. And before that, before that authority, we can only take a knee. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.